0: It's Monday, April twelfth, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our Tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians coming off a three-game weekend sweep of the Detroit Tigers at Progressive Field, they are now here in uh, windy Chicago, uh, where they'll start a four-game series against the White Sox. We'll get into the ramifications of you know what this series means and what it could show us a little later on, but. Uh, feel pretty good about themselves coming off that, that, that sweep of Detroit. Definitely, Joe. You know, the,
1: whenever the Indians need a boost, the Tigers are always around to uh, give it to them. Yeah, it doesn't matter what year or, you know, what, uh, how many people have left the Indians, how many people they've added, you know, what the uh, roster looks like. They seem since 2016,
0: they've had the sign over the Tigers. Well, and, uh, you know, the, the big thing that, that really sort of came about. Uh, of course, the, the starting pitching was, was there. It was excellent throughout the weekend series. But the bats really came alive offensively. Uh, they hit seven home runs in the, in the three-game series, uh, including five on Saturday night. Uh, big home run barrage there. Uh, really just a, a great uh, sort of um, pick-me-up for the offense, which coming into that game after, after Kansas City left town, there were a lot of question marks. Yeah.
1: You know, they've got, uh, they started hitting up and down the lineup. You know, the guy that I think, uh, I was glad to see uh, get going was, uh, Cesar Hernandez, who had such a great spring and then really started the season slow, but you know, he started hitting, uh, I think he had three hits on Saturday night. Um, and including a home run, um, you know, five home runs Saturday night, 11 runs, and they carried over uh, into Sunday. Uh, so you know, it was just, uh, you know, you, know you, you worry about a team that only hits home runs, but, you know, they, they showed they could score Sunday as well without really, I don't think they, what, they didn't hit a home run. No, Sunday they didn't running. hit a
0: home run on Saturday, uh, Sunday, but they did, you know, lead off an inning with a double three times, and all three of those times the runner came around, came around to score. Now, uh, two of those times it was on uh, ground balls that either should have been a double play or, or you know, were a double play but uh, still it's it's getting a runner to third and getting a guy home uh, another name for a guy who you know started to look like he was he was getting a feel for it was Eddie Rosario uh, he had a double and you know put the bat on the ball a couple of times in fact on Sunday he he let off an inning let off I believe the second inning with a double uh, and then jokingly sort of turned to the to the Indians dugout and asked for the the ball to be taken out of play because, Hey, you know, I snapped uh, an 0 for 15 or a one for 15 skid uh, with an extra base hit. Uh, and then he promptly stole third base. So uh, it was good to see Eddie Rosario sort of being more like Eddie Rosario at that point.
1: Yeah. I think he's a key guy, Joe, you know, when they opened it the season in Detroit, he was really the only guy kind of driving and producing runs he uh, gets to, uh, you know, comes home to Cleveland, maybe off to a little bit of a slow start. But, you know, we know what this guy can do. He's, he's got the track record. You know, he knows he doesn't have to, have to hit the ball out of the park to drive in a run, you know, and uh, he can he can still score. He can still run a little bit. Like you said, he stole third. He's, he ended up scoring in that inning. Uh, in the eighth, uh, when they had two insurance runs, you know, he's, he singles, goes to second, on uh, on a throwing air goes while well, he goes to third i guess he goes to se- uh, second on a throwing air by the right fielder and then eventually scores too so you know you, you like to that guy kind of you know he could he can go first to third like uh, francona likes and uh, he's got some speed
0: and uh he's a good guy to have in the middle of the lineup uh, another uh another sort of positive or plus for the indians offense we got to see sort of uh, not a vintage Fran Mill. I guess that we got, we got the good Fran Mill Reyes uh, <laughs> with the, the middle and right side of the field approach. He was stinging balls all over the park all weekend, uh, hit a couple of balls out on Friday night and uh, hit another one on Saturday night uh, to the right side. Fran Mill talked in, in his uh, post game on Sunday I believe about a, a, a different timing mechanism that he's using at the plate, where he's allowing the, it allows him to track the ball a little longer into the strike zone, and it's making all the difference in the world for him. Uh, he's he's able to to stay on pitches that are uh, to the right side, but then when Detroit made an adjustment and started pitching him hard and in, that's when you saw the first home run on Friday. You know he was able to make the adjustment and just take that for what it was not try to do too much with it. He lofts it into, uh, lost the ball into the, uh, the left field bleachers, but then it was back to that same center field and right field approach for him after that. And it produced results. Yeah, that was interesting.
1: He said, you know, I couldn't quite follow what he was saying, explaining, you know, the changes he's made with, with, the, his uh, stance. Uh, he said he's taken away the leg kick,
0: their leg lift. I, I don't know if that. He's, he's you know, not, I'm not sure. That I, He's he's modified it so that it's it, it's not as early and he's he's on time to the ball and letting it track yeah. a little deeper in the strike zone and that's what he said it, it was it it gives him a chance to recognize pitches a little better uh, in terms of you know what's breaking stuff to lay off and and what's uh you know a fastball that he can drive somewhere
1: yeah you know as we were saying before we came on uh, started the podcast uh, you know we saw this last year too from a real hot Fran mill, you know, for the first month of the season of the 60 game sprint, then he kind of hit the wall and we didn't see him again. So, you know, this is going to be a really good test. And uh, that's why, you know, you got to love the 162 game season. We're going to see Fran, you know, obviously he's not going to stay this hot, but can he stay consistent? Can he find that, that, you know, kind of zone where, you know, maybe he's not smoking hot like he is right now, but he doesn't fall off a cliff either. And, and, you know, the 162 games gives you a chance to
0: see that. Yeah, but you think about it. Framil, after going 0 for in the uh, the season opener, he's got a hit in every game so far. It, yeah. You don't even realize it. It, it. I think one of them was a, an infield hit that he sort of topped past the pitcher. It still counts. He's He, he has a hit in, what, seven consecutive games after, the open, after opening day. So one to keep an eye on. Uh, last uh, note I want to mention about the offense. Uh, we saw a new leadoff hitter. On Sunday, and that was Andres Jimenez. He hit a home run on Saturday, and Tito said he wanted to reward him by sort of putting him in that uh, top part of the the lineup at the leadoff. It was something that Tito said he wasn't going to do uh, during spring training. He didn't want to put too much pressure on a young hitter, but I, I think I got the feeling that you know Tito's response to that was you know Hey, maybe once in a while, when he's feeling good about himself and when the pitching matchup is right, you know you could stick him up there and and he actually, you know, he, he hit the ball hard a couple of times, uh, not just on the, the, the leadoff double then and when he came around to score in the fourth inning.
1: Yeah, it's interesting how uh, Francona has used the uh, leadoff spot. You know, the, the guy we th- everyone thought would hit leadoff, you know, Cesar Hernandez has been in the number two hole, you know, every game so far this season. And he's kind of, you know, just shuffled guys in and out of that leadoff spot. We've seen Ahmed Rosario. We've seen Jimenez. We've seen uh, uh, we've seen Luplow, we've seen Gamel. So you know, I guess that that is kind of the open slot in the lineup. And uh, you know, where whenever <laughs> we're just going to see if if somebody you know can claim that job.
0: I think you know maybe somewhere down the line, Andres Jimenez, maybe he projects as a, a leadoff type hitter. He definitely has the speed for it. Left-handed bat has a little bit of pop. If he makes enough contact, puts enough balls in play. Uh, you know, but that's something that he might have to grow into. Remember, he's 22 yeah. years old and he's not played a full major league season yet. I can understand why you're, you're not eager to rush him into that spot right now. But, you know, giving him a, a, a shot at it here or there, no harm in that, especially when, like you said, that the pitching matchup is, is favorable to him. Uh, all right. Uh, the, sort of the big headliner for the weekend, though, is, uh, you know, we went into this, this homestand not really knowing who – the closer was, and I don't think Terry Francona is ready to specifically name a closer, but if actions speak louder than words, uh, every time a save situation has popped up over the last week, uh, Emmanuel Classé has been the guy. Uh, He pitched in two save situations, uh, got the save both times uh, over the weekend, and uh, it it looks like the guy who throws 100 miles an hour is the guy who's distinguished himself from uh, the rest of the pack.
1: Yeah, Joe, you know, if it if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's usually a duck, you know, so, uh, you know, I'd like to, you know, I thought, you know, yesterday, uh, Sunday, you know, it was it was interesting, interesting to see the bullpen unfold and maybe we saw some roles there kind of starting to be defined, you know, Brian Shaw comes in after uh, Logan Allen and, and goes an inning, he pitches a scoreless uh, six, I think he threw seven pitches, six strikes, you um, then uh, uh, you know uh, we've got Whitgren there. He get, comes in for the seventh, gives up the leadoff home run, but retires three state, three straight. Then Karencheck comes in for the eighth, walks a leadoff guy, you know, like uh, typical stuff, and you know, kind of dances with danger, and then strikes out three straight guys with the tying run at second base. And then we get, uh, then we get Class A. Yeah,
0: and Class A, Class A didn't look like he was commanding that fastball. Uh, yesterday as well as he had in his previous outings uh he did walk a guy but you know got a double play ground ball to get out of the out of the inning and you know it's uh it's certainly a closer's best friend uh, when when you need it uh most yeah if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck class a is a duck with a howitzer though i mean this is a, guy, <laughs> yeah, that's a nasty guy. duck <laughs> you, this is the duck that you don't want to meet in the alley because this is the one that will uh Singe your fa- I, I think I was talking to Tom Withers from the AP in the in the press box, and we're we're trying to dream up uh, intro music and graphics for uh, Class A when he comes in. And Tom thought that it should be the uh, fire department getting their gear on uh, for the uh, the flamethrower as he's uh, as as he could light the building on fire. So, uh, hat, hat tip to Tom for for thinking about that.
1: Yeah, Joe. I, I, I I don't know if you trust my math and probably if you know me, you don't trust my math. but (laughs) it's as good as mine. It's gotta be at least as good as mine. The way I was, I looked at it. He has thrown 57% of his pitches, 36 of 63, I believe over at a hundred miles an hour or more. Wow. I mean, I mean, and and like his say,
0: How do you sustain that?
1: Yeah. That's, that's the question I got to ask you. I mean, you know, I know, you know, somebody wrote me and said, you know, he reminds me of Pedro Martinez. But Pedro was, I mean, you know, Class A is much eights. bigger than Pedro. Yeah, Pedro is a little skinny guy. Uh, but this guy is, is taller and stronger. But how do, you, how do you keep an arm healthy when you're throwing 100 miles an hour every pitch?
0: It's funny you t- say that about Pedro because Framil Reyes in his postgame referred to Class A as the big guy. And I'm yeah. like, This is Framo, Mil- six foot five, two hundred and forty pound <laughs> Framo Mil- Reyes, referring to Emmanuel Classé as the big guy, uh, and, and he's no small, you know, and no small guy. But uh, you look at a guy like uh, Aruldas Chapman, who's be, been able to, you know, stay around that triple digits his whole career, and he's had his fair share of injuries. You know, you know, don't make any mistake about that. But when Aruldas Chapman is, is going good he's as untouchable as anybody and the Indians know that more than anybody else in the playoffs. So yeah, and he's a
1: monster too. I mean, physically he's
0: a right, big man. Right. And, and, and class A is comparable. He's, he's at least, you know, close to that, uh, that same frame and that same size. So maybe that makes him a little more durable and, and able to do this, but uh, maybe it's just the Cleveland in me uh, that, that's waiting for, for him to come off the mound, grabbing his elbow at some point. I, I don't want to see it happen, but you know, I'm probably going to get hate mail for even saying that on the podcast. I can just see the guys texting and emailing in now. So, uh, no, the good, I thing, is,
1: want to Joey, the good thing is he's only pitching an inning, you know, he's not getting, he's not <laughs> going to be stressed, overly stressed, you know like a starter like could he could this guy start i don't think he could could you I, he I can't. you can't you could
0: want him to. i don't think you want him to if he's doing no. what he's doing why would you want him to
1: yeah. uh
0: and I, I, it may hey nine pitches is great come in three strikes to each guy and you're done that's that's all you got to do and then i maybe he'll you know i thought you know it was interesting just to watch him
1: yesterday um you know i know there's not a big difference between 99 or 98 and a hunt and 100 miles an hour but when he got in trouble, you know, he walked the leadoff guy. He gave up a single. You know, he started throwing that slider, varying the speeds. So, you know, maybe if, maybe, you know, as he gets older, he'll learn that it doesn't have to be max
0: effort every time. And the thing is that the slider comes in at 94 miles an hour. So, it's yeah. like, you know, what do you want to do? That's like uh, Brian Shaw said is his sliders, his
1: sliders faster than guys' other guys' fastballs.
0: Well, every guy that Brian ever came up in the, you know, through the league with is, you know, wasn't throwing ninety four in their fastball, and that's what uh, that's what Class A slider is. There's never been a better time to register for Indian Subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on Cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name, to that day's lineup and it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers.
1: I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present uh, your subtext and I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He, even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore. Indian fans. So, <laughs>
0: thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian Subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian Subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsy at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian Subtext. Replay, as we... We have a long and glorious history with uh, replay and our, our feelings about it. Uh, a couple of instances over the weekend, uh, Jordan Luplo had a home run and Jordan Luplo should have had two home runs in that game on Saturday. Uh, ball that he hit to left field in the sixth inning uh, appeared to hit above the yellow uh, tape in left field uh, on the wall uh, and bounce off the railing and come back into play. We've seen that happen on the, that same railing, those same kind of plays. Adam Rosales years ago for, for Oakland had a had a ball that should have been called a home run, and the Indians won a game that way. Replay was ineffective uh, at that point as well. Uh, we saw in the Sunday night baseball game uh, a play at the plate on uh, Alec Baum, the third baseman from Philadelphia. Uh, he slides into home, doesn't touch the plate, the video on the broadcast shows that he didn't t- doesn't touch the plate. Play was reviewed and upheld. He was safe with the winning run. Uh, two instances there where the reaction has to be: Why do we even have replay if this is going to be the case? And you're not going to get these calls right.
1: Yeah, that's that's the maddening thing, Joe. And I think if you look at a big picture, you know the effect of replay on baseball uh, since it came in, you know, kind of full mode. I think it's been positive. You know, I think they get more right than they get wrong. But when they don't get it right and you have replay, it's more egregious. It really, especially when it's a, a winning run like we've seen, you know, twice last week. I mean, twice in the span of like six or five or six days with the, with the Mets and Marlins
0: and and last night. Yeah, the uh, the hit by pitch that was in the strike zone for, I believe, Conforto with the Mets. Uh, you know, another game that should not have been lost to the Marlins. I may, maybe hopefully all these replay controversies can stay contained to the NL East and, you know, just <laughs> screw those teams over every, uh, every other game. Uh, let's, let's hope it, not, it doesn't creep into the AL Central. But uh, I opened Tito's press conference on Sunday by asking if uh, the league had reached out and contacted Jordan Luplo to finally give him his, his second home run. Uh, Tito had a chuckle at that, but uh, he, he said it doesn't doesn't quite work that way. Um, you know, maybe maybe adding a camera angle down the the left field line on the wall uh, somewhere to to give a better look at that, because I'm sure New York didn't have the um, the best angle. But I thought it was funny that Tito said uh, uh, he, he was going to have to have he uh, was going to be a first one of the replay officials was going to have to throw him out of the game. He was he was going to be upset.
1: Yeah, he said if that was close, if the score was closer, and that was, you know, a critical home run. But it w- obviously it was a critical home run to Luplo, and it would have him, gave him a, a home run against a righty, which he doesn't hit many against – he doesn't get many chances. He had, I think seven, 17 of his last 19 home runs, Joe, have been, uh, have been against lefties.
0: Yeah, but, you know, 14 of those came against Manny Banuelos, and he's pitching in Japan <laughs> right now, so you can't uh, – you- Manny Banuelos will, will live forever in connection to uh, Jordan Lublo because of the way he, he terrorized him during the 2019 season. All right. Uh, we talked about replay. We talked about the offense, the bullpen. Uh, we, we, we sort of are ignoring the starting pitching, but that brings us to the matchup here, uh, here in Chicago this week. Uh, Four-game series that's going to tell us a lot about where this Indians club is. And one of the things that it's going to show us is how good is this starting rotation. Uh, we've got Tristan McKenzie going tonight, and then I, I believe Tuesday night is uh, the the headline matchup with uh, Shane Bieber and uh, Lucas Giolito.
1: Yeah, this is this is going to be a fun series. You know, we get we get to look at the, uh we get a look. You get to Joe. You get a, you get a look at uh, the White Sox, a team that you know is kind of the overall pick to win the division. You know, them and the, them are the Twins. And, a, and an Indians team that, that might be a little better than people thought, or is off to at least a, a little better start than people thought. They're in first place by a half game. The standings don't mean much at, at this point of the season, but you know, you've know you got, like you said, Tristan, Tristan McKenzie against Radone, Beaver against Giolito, uh, police hack versus Keuchel and uh, Savali versus uh, Lance Lynn. So, you know, you couldn't ask if you're a fan of good pitching, you couldn't ask for much better.
0: That's a, that's a getaway day game that could be a lot of fun with uh, Savali, the way he was spinning it, you know, in his last start. And Lance Lynn hasn't given up a run all year. He's exactly what the white Sox have brought him in for to sort of stabilize that starting rotation. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Yerman Mercedes to see if he can maintain his 536 batting average and his, you know, 1500 OPS right now, uh, the, the rookie DH for um, the White Sox. And uh, yeah, it, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I think the Indians are going to have to lean on that bullpen a lot in, in this series. Uh, I think it's going to take a maximum effort for some of these starters to get through five innings. Uh, and and the bullpen could, could see a lot of work this week.
1: Yeah, you know, and uh, we'll have to see if the, uh, you know, the White Sox are kind of banged up, too. Uh, what, mm-hmm. Tim Anderson's on the uh, the IL, I think. Uh, 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 Adam not, Angle. Adam Angle, you know, who always seems to play well against the Indians. Uh, their outfielder, uh, who's he the kid? The yeah, they got hurt. Uh, so, uh, and uh, the Indians, you don't know if the White Sox are still – upset with the Indians for uh, knocking them on, you know ba- basically knocking them out of first place and and kind of ruining their uh,
0: their postseason mojo last year at well, the of- well we'll see where the first pitch to Jose Ramirez ends up uh, if that's the case <laughs> if if they have a long memory or a short memory that's uh, uh, you know Jose Ramirez definitely cooking their goose uh, last year in terms of their, their playoff positioning and seating. Uh, really looking forward to uh, getting it going here. Uh, in Chicago at guaranteed rate field and, uh, and, and seeing this, uh, seeing what the Indians have to offer. Maybe there, if they, if they can put the bat on the ball, because the, the white Sox have been one of of the best strikeout pitching teams so far, you know, through, through eight, nine games, the Indians have have struck out the fewest times. So, uh, something's got to give here. Yeah. And, uh,
1: uh, you know, what would they were eight and two against the uh they they've 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 kind of treated the white Sox like they've treated the uh the uh tigers too i'm talking about the indians here over the year over the last few years they've had a yeah but a,
0: this is a different white Sox team isn't yeah. it this, this is, is a, a slightly different white Sox team I would say. this is going to be a good test this is going to be a good series to watch all right well, well we'll uh keep you updated and informed here on the cleveland baseball talk podcast we'll talk to you again later this week